0: fill in the blank, my life will be full or satisfied or happy or complete if... fill in the blank. Now as we ponder how we fill in that blank, don't think about what you think your preacher wants you to put in the blank, uh, but think instead uh, of what the video of our lives would say. Which is to say, don't look to the future as what we might hope to one day achieve, but uh, look to the past. Uh, Look uh, to where you focus your energy. Look to where you seek for rest, where you spend your money, where you devote your time. Look to what keeps you up at night. Think about what you really want for your children. What do those things say about what we really believe will give us a full and complete and happy and satisfied life? (laughs) Now, I think this is particularly a significant question for us on this particular weekend, Labor Day weekend, uh, because it's sort of the psychological and spiritual end of summer and the beginning of the school year. As football season started, uh, better for some than for others, Um, we can now quit complaining about how early school starts, and we can uh, get on with our regular routines. Um, And you know, with the end of summer, it marks, at least in some ways, uh, the end of enjoying the fruits of our labor, i.e., summer vacations, and the beginning again of the labor, uh, the work. Makes that fruit possible Back into labor That we may Work for things That we live for So Fill in the blank My life will be full Complete Satisfied Or happy If Our gospel passage from Matthew After Jesus gives Peter the tongue-lashing for the ages. He gives all would-be followers of his some challenging words. He says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, we typically hear these words as a call to the very opposite of whatever we just filled the blank in with. At my previous parish, there was a man whose doctor had put him on a diet, and he had lost a lot of weight. And I asked him uh, what his secret was, and he said, Riley, if it tastes good, spit it out. And that's sort of how we uh, hear these verses. If it's fun... If it's enjoyable, forget it. Because it's time to get serious about following Jesus. I mean, you've got to deny yourself uh, any pleasures, and you've got to take up your cross. It's sort of a classic bait and switch, really. I mean, because you come to Christ uh, hearing promises like John 10. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. But now, the fun's over. And it's time to get serious. It's time to sacrifice it's time to take up your cross. Now, I certainly want to encourage all of us to get serious about our faith in Jesus, but I do want to challenge the notion that this is a gloomy text. Because you know, Jesus doesn't say, "Unless you lose your life for me, I am going to be mad at you." And He doesn't say, uh, "Unless you lose your life for me, you're in big trouble, Buster." No, what he says is, if you lose your life for me, that is, if you lose your life in me, if you make following me your greatest ambition, then you will find true life. True life. And see, the word that he's using for life here isn't zoe. It's it's not your heartbeat and your blood flow and your brain activity. The word he's using is psyche. It's our whole being. Ourselves, Our souls and bodies. It's your attitude. It's your personality. It's the loves of your heart and the thoughts of your mind. And Jesus says, just give me all that. Just dedicate all that to following me. And I will show you what life is really about. In his famous sermon entitled, The Weight of Glory, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, if there lurks in the minds of most modern men the notion that to desire our own good and to earnestly hope for the enjoyment of it is a bad thing, then I submit that this notion has crept in from Kant and the Stoics and is no part of the Christian faith. Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward, and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. In other words, whatever we just filled the blank in with a moment ago pales, pales in comparison to what is received. By the life lived fully in Christ now you may be asking I mean can it really all be light is it, is it all joy I mean there's still this notion we have to deal with taking up one's cross and so because that has the more a more foreboding tone of uh, a hard sentence than than an offer of joy let me uh, let me just say that sometimes, Uh, When we uh, are called to take up our cross That it will indeed involve difficulty Sometimes extremely so And we're hearing gruesome reports Coming out of the Middle East of Christian brothers and sisters Bravely facing the loss of their homes The loss of their dignity And sometimes the loss of their lives And surely they are taking up their cross And following Jesus But thank God we're not facing such situations now. And so even as we pray for them, and I hope that you are praying for them, please, please pray for them. But as we pray for them, is there, uh, for all Christians, regardless of the circumstance, some common meaning uh, for taking up one's cross? Well, Jesus told us to take up our cross in response to Peter. Uh, So let's take a look at Peter. Last week we read of Peter's proclamation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus praised Him for that. Well, right afterwards, Jesus starts giving them instruction. That's where we uh, pick up in our Gospel passage this morning. Jesus is giving them instruction about what it really means that He is the Christ. And it was not what they expected to hear. It's not what they wanted to hear. Jesus said, He must go to Jerusalem. Suffer many things and be killed, and on the third day be raised. He must. He wasn't lamenting. He wasn't seeking sympathy. Uh, he wasn't asking them if they thought it was a good idea. He is instructing them that he must. He must go to Jerusalem. That's how he and the Father had planned it before the foundations of the world. He must. But it's not okay with Peter. And Peter has his own ideas about how Jesus should act and what success will look like for the Christ. Death in Jerusalem is not at all what he had envisioned. Because Peter was looking for victory. He was looking for overcoming, not death, not defeat. So he takes Jesus aside and says, Listen, don't worry, I'm I'm never going to let that happen to you. Jesus diagnoses Peter's ambition in the starkest terms, even calling him Satan. He says, you're not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So Jesus sets putting your mind on the things of God, in direct opposition to putting our minds on human things. Peter was pinning all his hopes on his own plans of reaching the pinnacle. Riding the coattails. Of the next king of Israel. And really, who can't empathize with Peter? Aiming for the top. It's like this it's one of the primary defaults of the human heart. And that is when Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. To deny ourselves... To take up our cross is to deny ourselves the foolishness of pinning all our hopes on our own visions of easy grandeur. And instead, in the full assurance of salvation, pin all our hopes on the cross of Christ. To take up your cross is to identify yourself with His cross. Because there's only one cross that will give us life. To take up your cross is to repent of setting your mind on human things and instead set your mind on the things of God. To take up your cross is to daily pull away from the notion that true satisfaction will ever come from the thing that we filled in the blank with. And move ever more towards the hope and the assurance that Christ alone can provide uh, the peace of mind and the soul satisfaction that we crave. And this is true whether God puts us in a position to stand down terrorists or to stand down our own western idols. To lose ourself for Jesus Christ is to find life beyond what we could ever imagine. Beyond the hypnotizing mud pies of luxury and security and ease. And on to the alert holiday of peace and adventure in courage, in faith, and glory, enjoying this life but knowing that it is never our true home. And He may take you up to the top to bear witness to the gospel to those who are up there, or He may even take you to the bottom to bear witness to the gospel to those who are down there. But in either situation, the safest place to be is where He wants you to be. That's taking up your cross. To take up your cross is to take up his cross. <laughs> to lose your life for his sake is to find the truest life in him. Because friends, it is wonderful to be a Christian. Let us pray. Lord God. Give us clarity to turn away from the mud pies, to walk towards the holiday of faith in your cross for every aspect of our lives. Give us grace in Jesus' name.